I'm so old school, they burned the school down. Anyway, hi, welcome to Bonehead Weekly. Today's topic is alien invasion films. Oh, I thought it was <laughs> Alan Invasion. Off, that seems awfully abrupt. We usually just kind of bullshit for a minute. Yeah, no, yeah. No, I miss Ghostbusters a... crowd in the background. I'm, I'm going to go ahead and give you a little bit of product placement in the hopes that Ghostbusters Grippos will send us some money. Um, I, I, I that's how that works, is it? I was hoping that it was Alan Invasion films. We also enjoy cocaine. Alan. Do we? I mean, we don't pros know and cons. yet. We don't know yet. I won't stick anything up my nose, so no. That's not what I was <laughs> <Sorry. for> COVID <laughs> testing. We don't know. Lay shoved up my ass. I think I got scammed. Diet Dr. Pepper 10. Can we all three agree on that? Yeah, yeah, that's good. Now, wait, real quick. I hate Dr. Pepper. You didn't like the 10? No, I don't like Dr. Pepper. It tastes like everybody, Dr. Pepper. Everybody that counts likes it. I thought it, so he so liked our Dr. Pepper. Now, wait a second. I got to get back to something Chad said. I will drink it because it was there in your fridge. Why when you were, were you drinking it when it was so hard to get? You didn't even like it. And James and I, especially Christy, loved it. Hold on, hold on. I got to do a side note. Chad, you just said earlier that when they did your COVID test, they did it rectally. Now, when they were doing it, did they happen to giggle? And did they sound <laughs> Were they using a penis? And did they sound a lot like Craig and Phil? Now, people don't they, know. They, using a penis? Because <laughs> I'm afraid, sir, you may have been duped. Well, I to, wait, are, are, wait aren't rectal. all cotton swabs uh, flesh-colored? No. No. Now, 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 when they told you they were using the mushroom head type, <laughs> they were using a penis. Hold on, hold on, real quick. Technically, though. we're still PG thirteen. I knew, I knew, I should have been suspicious when they had the gallon thing of Vaseline. Well, now in all fairness, yeah, you should have been because they didn't need it. I'd say, I, I, I saw that documentary about you called "A Reamer Runs Through It." <laughs> in Too all much. fairness, though. In all fairness, so that means that my theory about who it was is is um, is out. Well, it wasn't me. I'm not going to do any damage. That's what I was going to say about the other two. They'll never watch this. I can say what I want. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Nobody's going to so We're talking about the Tim Allen invasion of the late 90s, right? I thought we're Irvin Allen. Irvin Allen, Shit. Tim Allen. I'm actually doing aliens. I thought we here. were doing... They come I, I, all the way here just to come for a beatdown. It's a long listen, way to you, come for a beatdown. And of course, they get, that, to, they, get, they get there now and go, they get here now and go, shit, and then fly back. <laughs> they got to get here and go, RBG's gone? Oh, too oh, soon. Dude, too soon. Oh, by the way, you've got to start using autocorrect then because I got your text that said we were doing Allens that are out of spice. And I was like, I didn't know that. See, they're Allens that are out of spice instead of aliens from outer space. See that? That's comedy. That's oh. 1990s era comedy. It would have been nice if you would have done an Allen wrench joke instead, but no, you went that. It wouldn't have been nice either way, actually. Erwin Allen was funnier, and Erwin Allen was never funny on purpose. I don't have to take this abuse. I have tons of people waiting to abuse me. You do not, sir. So I have, I have a couple. I love alien invasion films, although I do agree it seems a little stupid they, they would come across, clear across the galaxy, just to come here and take our shit. I, I like why, that Coleman cooler. Let me take it. Why do you all think that is such a popular genre? And it's just, it's the same story, but there's so many of them. Of The well, fact I that mean, 
It's communism, Chad. It's communism. So, they're going to come and make us be like them, communists. Well, or they're capitalists, and we're talking about they live. Well, no, that's what and I'm they saying. they come it's, here, and they just want to do the business. They that's business what, are good. Yeah. It's kind of a stupid idea. I get it. Other people talk. I've talked about, you mean these people who can clearly travel across space and time because of space time yeah. and get here in some sort of fashion where it wouldn't take eons or just come in here to get your shit. And that's what it is when they say, well, they've run out of resources. So they just like, for example, I don't know if anybody said independent. Battlefield Day. Earth. I, Battlefield Earth, Independence Day. I'm not making any kind of judgments on your all's picks because I like Independence Day. It's a lot of popcorn fun. Yes. But just came here. It's The plot is, we, oh, you've got nicer shit. We're going to come take it. Right, Chad? Right, right. right. That is the plot. That means, yeah. oh, we're coming after your coal, resources, water. Vehicles. And it was at the time when most, and it was at a time when a large portion of our population was still using cassette tapes. And we have nicer shit. Okay. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> you lost me on that but, one. But, but I think, but you know, It I, is kind of ridiculous. Most, I think most superior civilizations who'd be able to do that would do one thing and one thing only. Wave as they went by, but yeah. you know, there's 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 a a another side to the invasion, quote unquote, films uh, that that somebody actually did a quote unquote scientific study of, and it was like, can you imagine how aliens would view us? Because we hear about oxidation and all of that, and if you were an alien race that was scared of oxidation, we're death breathers. We breathe oxygen, and so the idea that they would I be faster of that. That, that you know, well, I mean, if you were an alien race that didn't do that and, and were f afraid of what oxidization does to cells, and here we are, we're sucking the stuff down. Can you imagine just you're flying by and you're seven eleven big gulp? I couldn't yeah. get seven eleven out really. And and you're you're flying by and you're like, and and, and uh, so they did this entire thing on this science uh, uh, analysis, and they're like, if aliens can do that. They would be scared to death to come here, and you and you know on their planet there's some scientists going, no, 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 I just want to go and study them, and they're like, no, we're not giving you the grant to go study them death breathers. They're crazy, but they're on a planet of death. Why would you go there? They don't necessarily have to be carbon-based life forms. They could be silicone-based life forms, from what I understand about science. If I know anything, and I'm not being sarcastic, a bunch of Pamela Anderson boobs coming to. <laughs> I don't think that's the silicone kind of thing we're talking about, but yes, in a sense. And they 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 they, they uh, come down the ramp of their spaceship, boingy 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 boingy, or they're idiots and water kills them. But let's get away from that. Oh God, because this bitch ain't covered in about seventy percent of it. The I agree with you all. It just seems a little stupid. And Star Trek did the best with this, specifically in the 90s when they talked about corporeal and non-corporeal. You know, why do they have to be in this dimension? Why do they even have to understand time as we understand it? Well, Some of the and, better ones, and I want to talk about them, but they're not on my list, but I don't know if you have one. Anybody got anything recent in the last five years? Yes. Well, shit. Well, no, 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 I do not. No, I do Can not. Can I mention Arrival without anybody getting mad? Uh, actually, The Arrival or Arrival? Arrival. Okay, because The Arrival was on my list. I'm just going to be, it was one of my options if I needed No, it. not the crappy one. I'm talking about the real <laughs> one. Hey, hey, do you know who wrote that crappy one? Yes, I absolutely know who wrote I, that it's, crappy one. It's, it was very low the budget. The guy that gave us the, gave us the same movie uh, called Pitch Black. Yep. There you go. Go you ahead. I know who wrote it. Anyway. I, I, you, you people tend not to know authors. 
<laughs> I I know Scream. Dudley Moore was great. Fuck you. He, no, he said we, author, we, author. He was talking about Al Pacino. <laughs> <laughs> now that is I hate you obscure. both. Yeah, that's yeah. All right, really? so that that's my real quick bitch about it. I I love them. I love them. I love the yeah. idea. Aliens are coming here. I think the I think it's probably much more fascinating that a organi- a microorganism would come here and do a lot of damage. Something that's that doesn't necessarily have consciousness of it's just wanting to live and how that would affect the biology of our planet. I think that's much more fascinating. I think what's the other one we talk about? Uh, what the what's the one with Natalie Portman? It's based annihilation. On- annihilation. That's probably a little bit more interesting now. I'll, but I still love a bug hunt. Yeah. Well, and that allows flip, me. Go ahead. The the flip side of that, and you mentioned Star Trek earlier, as far as uh, Deep Space Nine, corporeal, and all that stuff. There's also, and it's it's done to justify the fact they have humanoid. You know that everything's humanoid in the Star Trek universe, more or less. Don't don't start texting me about your hordes and all that. But that more most things are humanoid. And there's the entire episode of The Next Generation where the Romulans and all that stuff, and they figure out that they were seeded. So before Prometheus did it, Star Trek did it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this, that there was this ancient race that was trying to preserve themselves. Yeah. They seeded all these worlds and then left them to develop and now have disappeared. Seeded. Yep. When you say it, James, it sounds so naughty. Hold on. Is it seated. because... <laughs> no, you just... No. Yeah, hey, well, I didn't show all of it, Chad. Chad? Yeah. Would, would, it, would it help if I said succeeded? Oh. Hold on, let me mute this. Let me mute this microphone for, for all of our uh, non-YouTube listeners. What Chad is doing now is the face on the cover of the video box for the stuff. <laughs> oh, my God, it, it was. was. It was the stuff. Yeah, that's what he just did. So if you guys don't mind, I'll go first. Don't steal it. Go ahead. It's a bug hunt. Go for it. They didn't technically make it to they 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 were still out in Clendathu, but I love Starship Troopers. Did I take anybody's? Nope. I knew you were gonna pick this one, so it's okay. I actually I had it down the list, but I said bug hunt a few minutes ago and I thought I want to roll it up. Uh, Starship Troopers was originally a novel by uh, Heinlein. James and Murray. Bless you. Yeah, who wrote it? Have I read it? No, <laughs> I didn't write it, but I read it. I actually read it before I watched the movie. And As a lot of purists are were upset by the movie because it doesn't have the suits and, and. Yeah, that's the one thing it's missing is the power suits, and then it puts all of the all of the fascist stuff on it, which actually isn't much of a stretch considering Heinlein did serve in the military. His, a lot of his ideas are somewhat strong and conservative. He felt that you probably should serve in the military before you could be a citizen who was able to vote, which is in the movie. That's also in the book. He actually also did believe in equality between men and women, which was something that would have been slightly different when the book came out, I think, in the 50s. I'm pretty sure. I'm not for sure. Actually, I didn't Google it to look it up. I read it. <clears throat> when I was a senior in high school, the opening of the book is nothing like the movie. The opening of the book is him falling and he's in the suit and you can see like some gunships are going and explode. Some people in their pods in their suits as they're falling are getting blown up and he's dealing with that. And you know, it's war. Heinlein loved war. I think he was a very conservative person who 
who who had an idea of what this society would look like. Now they took that and kind of turned it on its ear. Now a lot of people have made fun of Starship Troopers over these years. It's directed by Paul Verhoeven and it's written by Ed Newmeyer, who gave us uh, and it's produced by John Davison. It's the same people behind RoboCop. Yes, James. I was gonna say, well, and you can tell because that I'd buy that for a dollar becomes would click to hear or not. It's not click. What is it? Would you it's like pizza. to know more? Would you like to know more? Would you like and, to know more? And I, I did want to point out though, you mentioned a lot of people made fun of it. I've got to admit, one of the best groups to make fun of it was Riff Tracks. I would I watched it with you and I enjoyed I, the hell out of them making fun of it. I'm a pilot. No, you're not, honey. No. <laughs> it is one uh it has some of the worst performances from people who aren't necessarily fantastic actors who seriously have given best better casper van dean has given better performances he did it for sleepy hollow sleepy hollow yeah even though he's barely in it it's not a good movie denise richards is doing soap operas now denise richards is a better actress than what she is in that movie she seriously i want to believe the only direction for hope i don't know this no one's ever told me this it's not in anything i wonder i always wonder did you say just just smile in a dutch accent it's awful but michael ironside kicks ass in that movie Oh, Michael. Oh, uh, Clancy Brown. Clancy Brown kicks How out. are you going to push the button? If you don't have a hand. If you disabled your enemy's hand. It is so quotable. So much fun. And I tell you, I watched this in the theater when it came out in 97. Uh, Thanksgiving weekend. And it blew my mind. I went back and watched it. I think I watched that movie in the theater three times. Once in London and, and twice in Hazard. And I just could not get over how much i love that movie and seeing it at that time on the big screen it was fantastic experience and i still love it after all this time it's still a lot of fun which you've got to remember it's a dark comedy people are making fun of things and then if verhoven if you see someone in black they're a fascist that's what he's trying to tell you these are fascist people so uh, and he's making fun of the society and he's also trying to throw but it's also in a $100 million tentpole Sony film. How the damn thing exists the way it does is beyond me, how it ever got through the studio. I'd love to talk to Verhoeven about the making of it. We've talked about, uh, we talked about uh, the making of it. Who didn't, was it Bill Sandale who ended up not doing it and had yeah. to listen to Verhoeven bitch to him about it and Sony's uh, effects and how they didn't work. But I love Starship Troopers. Technically, they don't make it to the planet by the time the movie ends, but I still say it's aliens. And by the way, we're the bad guys. The movie tells you we're the bad guys up front, yeah. but nobody ever notices it. Yeah, right? They, well, yeah, no, the bugs are bugs are the bugs were fine until we start colonizing on their planets. Right. Yeah. And then they yeah. send a huge asteroid and kill Buenos Aires. By the way, uh, uh, you mentioned Robert Heinlein, and, and I don't know what other authors people are going to talk about or what other works, movies that were based on different works. But I want to mention Robert Heinlein real quick. He's considered one of the big three, and his actual nickname for a long time was the Dean of Science Fiction because he was kind of he was kind of given this weird gatekeeper role. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know who the other two people are? And this isn't shocking to anybody. Is it Brad Berry? No, it's Asimov because okay. of robotics, because he all those the foundation laws three laws and three laws and all that yeah. stuff. But the other one is Arthur C. Clarke. That makes really. sense. And so Bradbury is is kind of I mean he was he would have been considered kind of but I, I wanted to Not go Dean back. Dean Koontz. No, well, turns real out quick, Dean Koontz was 
around the 1950s writing these. Not to talk about Harlan Elson. Harlan Elson was one of the one of the people who taught me the difference between basically fantasy and science fiction or space fantasy. And Arthur C. Clarke wrote science fiction. Yeah, it was based well, on science. And that's what I wanted awesome. to say. Uh, that's what what I wanted to say because you mentioned Harlan Elson. Harlan Elson hated being called a science fiction author. Mm-hmm. He said he would, as he would say, he goes, it's speculative fiction. I don't write science fiction. I don't know science. I don't know. That being said. I'm also an asshole. Yes. <laughs> Did you well, know these other people? <laughs> I, you know, I, the more, and I love science fiction authors. I love No, they, they were all, they all had their terrible own, people. <laughs> well, they all by the way, their own picadillos. By the way, as soon as I become an award-winning science fiction author, I'm cutting you people out <laughs> I'm not going to be. But they you all really have, did have their own little. Well, and I was about to say, and that was the thing. Arthur because Clark left his wife and moved to uh, and lived with a family in Zimbabwe or something until he died. Yeah. Well, and I was about to say, because that was the thing about Heinlein. Heinlein wasn't a, like, before he became a science fiction author, he was an aeronautical engineer. I mean, he worked in, he was in the Navy and then he went straight into being an aeronautical engineer. He was a science fiction author. He used science. He used what he knew from aeronautics for that falling through falling scene. And so I just wanted to point that out that a lot of times when we talk about science fiction, we often tend to, and I'm not denigrating Star Trek because I'm a huge Star Trek fan, but that being said, we tend to view what we now think of as television science fiction. And a lot of these guys were, Isaac Asimov was obsessed with certain things. Are you going to do your pick? Oh, I was just filling it on yours. Are you done? Yeah, I you know go watch that bug fuck movie. Jed, you want to go ahead? I'll go. I'll go last. I don't want to take anybody's. No, that's fine. So Joe talked about uh, Joe talked about about uh, Starship Troopers being Starship Troopers. Yeah, Starship Troopers being the the most cool. Aren't bad either. They were straight to tape, and they're low budget, but they're a lot of fun. Which part three, right? Marauders is part three, I think. Yeah, but Jolene Blaylock's in that. Keep going. So I am going to argue what is more quotable than Starship Troopers. Where's the Mr. Pib? <laughs> I almost put it down, and then I thought, what are you all? You know Mr. Pib's my favorite pop. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's the only Coke I like, Joe. <laughs> I thought it was it's my favorite pop. Have I been misquoting that shit? <laughs> Mr. Pib's the only Coke I like? We we uh, I'll get to the quote, but uh, it is 2006 Slither, written and directed by James Gunn. Um, it is uh, stars Nathan Fillion, Elizabeth Banks, Michael Rooker, and the great. And I can't state this enough. I can't. The either. great Greg Henry. Greg giving, Henry has a little cameo in the first of Guardians of the Galaxy too. Should have been nominated for an Oscar for this movie. <laughs> I mean, other people have won for less. Let's be honest. Yeah, no, he. This movie. If you, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. A, now you got me thinking of the line. <laughs> we're gonna get to the line, show. Be patient. We're getting there. No, I'm just laughing about Greg Henry. <laughs> yeah, Greg Henry as Mc, as Jack McReady. One that, of the and most, by the like, way, that's a reference. And that is a total reference. It's two characters combined. It's a uh, Kurt Russell's character from uh, uh escape uh. Oh crap! Big trouble in little China. Big trouble in little China and there the thing, and it's McCready. Yeah, yeah, McCready's whatever. Um, so uh, the movie, but if you whatever the thing to me, bitch. 
<laughs> uh, it's about slug-like alien creatures that in, that uh, it invade us. They 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 fall to earth on this in a small town, and they inf- they start infecting people, and it turns these people into mindless, hungry zombies. And the build-up to this is actually the the swollen woman who's obsessed with with raw rancid meat. Uh, it, everything about this movie is what is it an hour and 35 hour and 40 minutes it was me sitting in a theater on a friday night with i can't remember which one of you with me i thought it was james and nobody else was there and us laughing and having a good time and i watched no one else showed up that night that weekend or ever saw the movie and i believe joe showed it to me in his apartment and i could not stop laughing and we could talk about every aspect of this movie where I go into tidbits, but no, I'll actually want to spend my time, as Joe has mentioning, talking about some of my favorite quotes from this movie because I actually wrote them down. Um, <laughs> he looks like something that fell off my dick during the war. <laughs> I mean, this is superb writing. You can't go wrong with this. Um, it, this is one this is uh this may be joe's favorite line is the mr pib line which we're going to talk well, about. i don't know that it's my favorite it's one of this is my favorite it by hand hands down it's obvious the bastard's got lyme disease <laughs> what lyme disease you touch some deer feces and then you eat a, eat a sandwich without washing your hands you got your lyme disease and that makes you look like a squid <laughs> <laughs> and then of course my you easing going there <laughs> Yeah. I'm going to stop after this one, no, but my easy, fine. my easygoing nature is getting sorely fucking tested. <laughs> I mean, I, it, it's, I tell you, that's also one of Rooker's best performances as well. You know what I, what, when, when looking up the movie, I didn't, the whole scene where he's trying to have sex with Elizabeth uh, Banks and she just wants nothing of it. Mm-hmm. He was being unusually grabby that night, like where it was making the crew uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. including James Gunn. And do you all remember the nipple flick? No, she flicks his nipple. Or no, he flicks her nipple. Uh-huh. And that was, they thought that went too far. Yeah. And he went too far with that. But that actually, I, honestly, I didn't remember being in the movie, but they said it's in the movie. I need to go back and rewatch it. Um, because they talk about it at like Rooker just went too far. He was going, he was getting too into character. He took, he was just going mm-hmm. and Elizabeth was clearly uncomfortable with the whole scene, but they, they, they kept the whole thing in there and you could clearly see Elizabeth's complete uncomfortableness about what he's trying to do. Right. And I, you know, I thought it was acting. No, that is legit. Uncomfortable. Mm, I didn't know and that. Michael, and Michael Rooker being, you know, Michael Rooker, <laughs> but he stabbed me with a sword. He's dead. <laughs> He tried to kill me with a forklift. At Lexington Comic Con, he took it out of a teenager's hand and tried to stab me. Oh, God. On stage and then knocked out a light. So, yeah, I've met Rook. Knocked out a what? He knocked out a ceiling tile light out in the main room. I thought you knew this. He threw the damn microphone so far up because he just, when he found out he could throw it, fuck it, he was gone. <laughs> and then he just threw it and it boom and it wham and it hit right in the floor and missed, missed people. Yeah. And I think, I think, I, don't, a lot of I people, guess Jared knows about that. I, I don't know. Well, he, well, he doesn't listen. He might, the he might. Crowd loved it. Let me tell you, Rooker is one of those people. If you can ever go and do 45 minutes to an hour with him, you do it. He is and, worth every penny. And I think Michael Rooker is one of those people. What you see on screen is Michael Rooker. He's really <laughs> nice actually behind the scenes. Yeah. He really He's is. a, but 
And he's actually not even the most comedic part about it. He plays a more serious role in yeah, this it's, movie. Yeah, it's one of his better performances, yeah. And, you know, the whole thing, he actually, dis, uh, you know, when his hand turns into the slop, the flappy, slappy th uh, tentacle thing, or uh, whatever you want, flipper, he actually dislocated his shoulder during that scene and didn't tell anybody about it until after it was over. So, I mean, it was a lot, but no, uh, but Slither, if you haven't seen it yet, go see it. It's kind of one of those movies, I, I think it's slowly becoming a cult classic, don't you guys think? I hope so. I, there's a couple of movies that are written by James Gunn that I think should still that should be cult classics. What's the one where they're in the office tower? I, I knew you were going to ask me, and I've already blinked. I forgot. Uh, That's I damn good it. too. What's the office tower? What? what I mean, where they're what trying happened? to kill everybody? Belco, the Belco experiment. Belco, Belco experiments, experiment. another good one. Check that out. It's not directed by him, but uh, he, he also right, I, I, Super is a lot of fun. Has a lot of. Fun uh, I love Super. Yeah, Super. If you haven't seen Super or Slither, you need to go watch these. This movies. is before he became famous for for Guardians of the Galaxy. So, yeah. uh, James Gunn. Yeah, I only and, thing. Only thing as I thought one of you all would pick it, and then in the back of my head, it's also, I, I it works. But it is so close to the same plot of Night of the Creeps, and it. I don't know oh, that he was. He talks no, about there, it. And Night of the Creeps is eerily similar, eerily similar to Slither. Mm -hmm. It is. There's no getting around that. It is. It. It. They. They look so much alike. Yeah, but but in terms of of quotable and just fun. Oh no, I, no. I can't even say Slither's I can't even a superior film. Yeah, but I love Night of the Creeps, and I love Night of the Creeps as well. That's Fred Decker's best movie. Not that's one of the things blood. me and Joe share in common. Um, but no, uh, but Slither, man, just just go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's one of the best fun movies that you could ever watch. Yeah, it's a great B movie. James, what do you got? I'm going to start with the opening narration because it's before the Twilight Zone, but it sounds like it could be in the Twilight Zone. You still mind it? I'm going to cut you, bitch. The opening first line. This is Sand Rock, Arizona, uh, a, of a late evening in early spring. It's a nice town, knowing its past and sure of its future, as it makes ready for the night and the predictable morning. The desert blankets the earth, cooling, resting for the fight with tomorrow's sun. And in my house near the town, we're also sure of the future, so very sure. It is a film that is about the fear of an invasion, but I don't know if I can say it's an invasion film, but I'm doing it anyway. Because invasion USA with Chuck. No. no. <laughs> the Taking uh, of I, Beverly Hills. I love... Taking a Bell of uh, 123. <laughs> I got to see this movie before they stopped doing reel-to-reel -reel movies at the Kentucky for those that are listening at distance, Kentucky is the historic theater, and I got to see it in 3D. It was Universal's first film, 3D film. It came from outer space. It's over on my uh, shelf in Blu-ray. Um, if you've never seen It Came From Outer Space, it's based on a story by Ray Bradbury, sometimes incorrectly said to be based on Ray Bradbury's The Meteor. That's not true. Ray Bradbury wrote it as a as a speculative script is trying to get something out a speculative story trying to get something out there yeah that basic for people who don't know real quick i'm sorry if you're listening no, spec scripts are what screenwriters try to sell and then they're hoping they at least get an option on it what it means is no one's paid them to write that screenplay yeah sorry go ahead um but basically the plot to this is you have this amateur astronomer who's an author john putnam and his school teacher, girlfriend, fiance, whatever, doesn't matter. Uh, and they see something crash to Earth. And he becomes convinced that it's not a meteor, 
that it's that's it's an alien ship. Well, spoiler alert, I won't give you the ending of the film per se. Actually, I'm going to. Uh, but it is an alien ship. He crawls down. He sees it. He tries to start warning people. Nobody kind of believes him. And then all of a sudden, two, uh, two townspeople end up getting killed. But it turns out they're not townspeople. They have been replaced by aliens. And the aliens don't look like us, but they can take human form. But he finds out that aliens are just trying to repair their ship. They want to leave. They do not want to be here. But the town has become convinced that they're invading. And so he tries to buy them time, more or less, to escape. And the town is coming to destroy them. And so it's, it's kind of this different take on alien invasion where we're so sure we're being invaded, but they don't want to be here. They're just trying to get home. Um, so long before E.T. phoned home, these people just wanted to get home. The movie does end. He manages to buy them time to escape. And, you know, somebody says, is it really over? And his, it ends with the lines, no, just for now. It wasn't the right time for us to meet. But there will be other nights, other stars for us to watch, and they'll be back. And so it plays around with this concept of an invasion of how would we respond if we did find that they could take our form? What would it do to us? And it's a very much a 1950s film, but it goes a different way than a lot of 1950s film, such as The Thing from Another Planet, things like that, because it actually says maybe they just don't, maybe it's an accident. Maybe they don't want to be here and maybe we're too afraid of an invasion that's not really there. And if you have no other need to watch it, the professor shows up. Gilligan does not feature. It's true. Look it up, Chad. Uh, no, I got. I know. <laughs> okay, then. I don't see why you're all incredulous then. <clears throat> but if you've never seen a lot of people, it's an old film, whatever. You should check out. No, it it's fun. I've, it's, I literally bought it a few months ago on Blu-ray. And it is because it was cheap, not because he cared for it. <laughs> no, I like it came from um, space. It was. And it was on one of those gold box things. For, <laughs> I, didn't uh-huh. have, I didn't have it. It was oh, cool. It was, it was cool there. to see in 3D. I got to admit, seeing it years, I mean, because they originally filmed it in 3D in 1953. It was the first 3D process for Universal International. And so I got to see it on the big screen in 3D. So I have a fond memory of it because of that. So I wanted to st- kick off with it. Keep watching this guy. Is it my turn? I don't watch this guy. Because next time everything falls down, hit me in my damn head. Dip, 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 dip. No one. You know, if you don't watch, that'll still happen, right? This way, you at least see it coming. <laughs> Can I go? No. Okay. Oh, oh, real quick, I do want to say, Joe. Do you know who? Let's let me let me condescend to you one more time. You know who directed it, right? I don't remember off the top of my head now. Thank you. Jack Arnold. And, oh, really? Jack Arnold directed a creature from, from the Black Lagoon. Lagoon, as well as several other things that are pretty notable. Um, uh, Tarantula and yeah. the Incredible Shrinking Man. So Jack Arnold had a horror pedigree before he made this kind of upbeat, hey, they're not here to hurt a science fiction film. There you go. Jack All Arnold. All right. Mine's going to deal a little bit with the Red Scare. You guys know what the Red Scare is, don't you? Uh, I got about five jokes. None of them are good for the show. We're going to go right in. So mine is also in the 50s. This movie has been remade twice and been ripped off more times than that. 
I don't know that the version I'm going to talk about is the best version. The version that's probably the best version is the 78 version directed mm-hmm. by Philip Coffer. Yeah. But my favorite is the one directed by Don Single starring Kevin McCarthy. They're here. They're already here. You're next. You're next. Dr. Miles Bennell returns to his small town practice to find several of his patients suffering, suffering paranoia delusion that their friends or relatives are imposters. I'm talking about invasion of the body snatchers. Now, or the pod people, depending on where, what, I actually, I think it depends on where it was released, what the title is. But, I think that's but, correct, yeah. But uh, it was Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Now, if you don't know who Don Siegel, the director, is, Don Siegel was famous for getting it done and getting it done on time. So much show and quality work, and so much so that it stuck him in B-movies far too long than, he, than, than most people think he ever should have. Right. But he made some classics, and probably the one that we'll all remember is Invasion of the Body Snatchers. He went on to direct a little movie called Dirty Harry, Harry yeah. directed The Shootist. He went on to direct Eight Pictures with Eight Stars. But he, and, and by the way, Unforgiven is dedicated to Don Siegel and Sergio Leone, Clint Eastwood's story, uh, movie, the one in the Academy Award. Do you guys know about the original ending? No. Um, and by the way, if you don't know who Kevin McCarthy is, uh, he's R.J. Fletcher in UHF. Continue. Yeah, you could have I care you about him. Of... He's the big bad. He's the big bad in inner space. No, I you, care well, I know, about, but much about this town as a festering bucket of dog snot. <laughs> and that was for James. <laughs> uh, the original ending, you know, it has a little tacked on ending. It, it, the original ending was your next, your next, him screaming at the actual screen. He actually right. has a cameo in the Kaufman version of the opening. He's the one running across in front of Donald Sutherland across the street. Do you guys remember that? I remember, yeah. Yeah. Um, that's where the movie originally ended, and Don Siegel wanted it to end there because that is kind of chilling, especially in the 50s. If you're in the middle of the Red Scare and communism is coming out to you and you can't trust anybody, can you imagine how that the pod people is going to scare the shit out of everybody in the audience, how that's unnerving? Most of the time, genre and i'm not going to say just science fiction and horror and western genre has a tendency to represent the fears and the issues going on in our time it just has to because art imitates life everybody was scared of communism pod people we got invasion of the body snatchers anyway so they tacked on the end of we figured it out yada 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 contacts the fbi uh, Don Siegel is very against the optimistic outcome of the movie, but the decision to give hope to the audience was forced upon him by the studio. Some people disliked the ending, agreeing with Siegel's original intention in the film with Miles trying to warn people the alien invaders in vain. Uh, actually, I've never read the novel, and I didn't get a chance to see who actually wrote the novel. I didn't know it was based on the novel. The film abandoned the novel's ending of the aliens giving up on the world domination plot and returning home, which I, does seem a little odd. Yeah. It's, yeah. Have you ever read the novel, James? Hmm. No, I need, that's why I haven't read. I need to read that. I mean, I've read. Um, I forgot the thing is uh, who goes there. I've read who goes there, but John W. Campbell. Uh, but I've never read that. Anyway, so I love Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It is over there on my shelf. The Superior film probably is the remake, and we could do a whole episode of. And we probably we talked about this about remakes and which ones yeah. are. Some of them are superior. Yeah, the, the yeah. ending the ending of the late seventy of the seventy eight version is still one of those because those they got the downer ending. Don yeah, Siegel had to reshoot his. 
but and it's one of those those endings that literally shook me to, to my core because I didn't see it coming. Right, but do you and, understand what I mean? Don Siegel didn't get to do his of the, of Kevin. I mean, it's in the movie, but the movie should have ended there. You get a whole tacked on thing like the end of Psycho. If you haven't watched Psycho in a long time, you forget that there is about a ten minute tacked on reel of them explaining everything. Right, and it helps. But have you ever thought what it'd be like without it? Anyway, I'm done. Who's next? So uh, my next movie is actually the only time a movie has been based on a card series and been successful. I know that I didn't do it. I knew you were going to do it. Yeah, I, I figured. I was, this looking, gonna... I was in my ba- I was in. I was my basement bathroom has this poster hanging up next to a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So go ahead, Chad. So yeah, and uh, by the way, and if Joe remembers the story about 1996 Mars attack, about where we were sitting there in front of the poster salesman, and I was gnawing at the bit to have it, but I was like, I don't need that. And then Joe, uh, Joe's like, Well, do you mind if I get it? Go ahead. And it's still one of the biggest regrets. Cause I'm like, that poster is amazing. Well, it's in front of my toilet. I uh, know, and that's where you put it. <laughs> So was Texas Chainsaw. I've run out of room, brother. I think gotta go somewhere. I like Halloween three too. It's in there. Yeah, it is. Uh, 1996, directed by Tim Burton, written by Jonathan Gims. Who, by the way, I, I think you all you all might have known known this, but um, I do, I have some information about that. If you don't have any, no, I don't. But uh, but real quickly, he uh, when he wrote the script, he didn't know that the card series had a story of the actual story on the the card. So he just, it was his own original script. He just took it and wrote it. It didn't have nothing to do with what was on the back of the card. Um, and Joe will get into that. But I didn't know Jonathan only did four movies. And, and 1984 was one of them. The movie 1984. Yeah. Um, it stars Jack Nicholson, Glenn Close, Annette Bennings, Jim Brown, Luke Haas, Natalie Portman. I'll say Tom Jones because I want to leave my hat on. Real quick, before you go on, that movie was rewritten 48, 49% more than his screenplay. And the two people that rewrote it and are still pissed that they didn't get credit for it were Larry Karaszewski and the other guy who gave you Ed Wood. Ed Wood. I did not know that. Um, they are still, Larry Karaszewski talked about on Trailers from Hell. He still has never gotten, because they did not, an arbitration, they still gave all the credit to Jonathan Jones. Didn't know real, that. Real quick, you also, when you were naming the cast, left off the premier member of the cast and i'm i'm somewhat disappointed in you chad there's so many the great american actor the the lawrence olivier of american acting none other than joe don baker yeah i mean well hell i mean even even i left danny devito off for god's sakes i mean there was a that, I, Chris mitchell. Wilson, that's <laughs> keep your eye on the same mitchell Sorry. and that this was mitchell in in the early stages of filming, and I really would like to talk to uh, you know the 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 two guys who wrote Ed Wood, Larry. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. I can never remember the other guy's name. I'm sorry. I just and I'm and, and it's killing Harris me too because they're they're two of my favorite screenwriters. They just wrote um the uh, Dolomite the, the Dolomite uh, biopic, and it's amazing. Um, a little bit more, a little bit like Ed Wood, but I'm digress. Um, but, so was People versus Larry Flynn. They've got yeah. a, they, they wrote that too. Yeah, I know. Three of my favorite movies. Uh, so in the early stages of filming, the movie was supposed to actually have 60 major characters <sighs> instead of the 23 they settled on. Um, scrapped characters included a suburban housewife, a soldier, a televangelist, a few college students, several of Professor Kessler's colleagues, 
a doctor and his nurse fiance, an actress, a couple of survivalists, and a police officer. So that movie is already a glut of characters. And, you know, they're not, I think Jack Nicholson and Glenn Close probably get the most screen time, but there are so many characters doing so many different things. Uh, Jim Brown's character has probably the best, you know, story arc in my opinion. Um, but uh, anyway, sorry, I got sidetracked. But no, <laughs> and it is a fun movie. Okay. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was, almonds. I was reading my script and then I started reading something else. Um, but no, uh, it's, it's a oh great. Oh my God, who left this Cosmo here? <laughs> I know. How am I going to please my man? I can't believe I didn't know this much about man pleasing. I didn't know my mascara when I put my mascara on my mustache. Who knew? Anyway. There you go. Stick with man, please, no, Joe. It's a great cause. It's a great comedy, and it's one. Of, it's again. It's just Tim Burton. If Tim Burton would make more movies like Mars Attacks, Ed Wood, Beetlejuice, rather than sticking to rehashing existing movies, it show it shows what his talent can do. Um, it's a it's a great movie. I, I still find it hilarious that the reason the aliens say ack 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 is because that was what was in the screenplay as a placeholder until they figured out what it was going to be. And then they got to that part of, of post-production. They're like, we'll just stick with the act. act. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. It is funny. And uh, it does have one of the best quotes ever of, I want the people to know that they still, that they still have two out of three branches of the government working for them. And that ain't bad. <laughs> You know, he they almost didn't get the movie made because he wanted to do stop motion and it was going to shoot that budget so far up because right. he was adamant to do stop motion. Yeah, he wanted the aliens to be stop motion. And even when they were doing the CGI characters, this, the, the computer effects artist said, well, look, we can take this portion out to give it the illusion mm -hmm. that it was stop motion. And he refused. He goes, no, if it's not stop motion, I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. But by the way, you talked about the. It's based on a, a card series. Um, that card series uh, was was pretty provocative in and of itself. Matter of fact, there were a lot of complaints that came out about it because of the vaporization of the dog on one of the trading cards. Yeah, and I wanted to bring that up because it spawned a a non direct sequel, Dino Attacks. And I remember when I was a kid. Uh, those didn't sell as well, and you could still find them places in the original packs. Not so much now, but they also were bloody and gory and awesome. I mean, were the card series literally just Ma Martians killing people in the, in a horrific way, and that's all it was? More or less. I mean, I, I I remember seeing the dog one, and it's literally a Martian vaporizing. You see the half of the dog's skeleton as it gets to the. I mean, that's why I remember. I'd probably look at that and be like, meh. But I remember as a kid, I was like, Jesus. <laughs> it was it was over the top right i mean you never you saw aliens i watched star trek you get phasered and you turn bright for a second and then you're gone right you get disintegrated. Yeah. and so when i saw that as a kid before the movie ever came out i i knew what mars attacks was because of that and there were parent groups that hated that card series back in the day and said it was the ruination of america and it was that was where we all started going downhill it really was it was right around the time jim baker said anyway <laughs> timely 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 now he's selling slop buckets but no um, did you all know about why the skeletons were red and green no the original release date for this movie christmas 
did you know that it came out the same year as another movie about alien invaders and that movie made a lot of money wasn't it independence day came out the same time as independence day same year came out later that year did it not uh yeah i think you're right yeah it came out the summer before i I graduated high school a lady who i shall actually she's she's dead so there you go (laughs) she died last year and we used to date she uh, choked on a piece of popcorn sitting next no, to you. No, it's actually kind of tragic, but I'm going ahead and made a joke about it. I mean, God rest her soul. I'm not going to say who she was. We dated. I took her to on that movie, and she hated every minute of it. And I think everybody hated every minute of it who did, wasn't in on the joke. Yeah, that's I don't the, get that, it. That's the thing that Ebert said. Ebert, that he didn't – and Roger Ebert defended that movie and then later said, you guys don't realize Tim Burton's pulling for the aliens to win. <laughs> Well, and going back to the card series real quick, because we talked about the, the, the Red Scare, the card series were popular not only for being over the top, that kids were sneaking and getting them because they weren't supposed to have them, but they came out exactly when the Cuban Missile Crisis started to hit high level. 1962, when the Cuban Missile Crisis was heating up, these cards hit. So the idea of being vaporized out of left field without seeing it coming felt a little bit real to these, you know, to a lot of people. So it just caught on in a weird way. And so, you know, as you think about this, the the Cold War was starting to look like it may get, quote unquote, radioactively hot. And you had these these images of aliens vaporizing people. It made it a little bit more palatable, I guess, that that could actually happen to you. Well, aliens are going to get us if not. So whoopee. Yeah, and, and you know, that's the thing about this too is at the time, Tim Burton was kind of like the wonderkin. He was like the next yeah, Spielberg, Tim Burton. And then this was kind of one of those rare where he kind of, they felt like he was kind of on the downslope. But I think re, over the course of the, the, what, over 20 years it's been in existence, I think it's, it's gotten some more appreciation for what it is. It's gotten more appreciation, but I don't know that it's still a cult classic. It's not a cult classic. I don't know. No. I don't think people still talk about it like they do the thing and other alien invasion movies that we could throw out. I don't No, they don't. And that's, they don't, I, they do not have it. In, and, and honestly, it took me a while. I loved scenes. I didn't, I often thought that Jack Nicholson didn't deliver the, on a lot of the roles. Like he was no. good as the president and should have not been the other cast. Well, you know who you, you know who you, you know who was originally supposed to be the Las Vegas guy, right? No, it was supposed to be Michael Keaton. Oh, Michael Keaton was supposed to be that role. And when 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 Jack Nicholson first signed up, he was only signed up to be the president. Mm-hmm. And then Michael Keaton had to drop out, and then Jack Nicholson just took on the role. I read a, in an article once he they asked him why, and he goes, "Well, he told Tim he wanted to play all the roles." <laughs> So that would have been great. Michael Keaton, that, that makes sense. Michael Keaton would have been good in that role. Yeah, he would have been good in the president. And I think that would have elevated the movie. And I think it's really hard, guys, in defense of most people. It's a, that's, a reason, that's another one of those with Starship Troopers. I don't know how it ever got through development other than it just sometimes does. They, the way they kill the aliens at the end, that was a major Warner Brothers film. Yeah, and I, but at the same time, it, and I most thought, people walking into that theater don't know who that artist is. <laughs> probably didn't know who that artist was in the early. Is it Slim Whitman? Yeah, Slim Whitman. Yeah, I didn't know who he was either until the I movie. wouldn't have known until I watched. He didn't yeah. do anything with Pantera. I don't, I don't even. I don't know anything about Pantera. 
I was I was trying to say anthrax because I did know anthrax. <laughs> oh my and, uh, god! I got Pantera out. So yeah, that's my he second. Didn't do nothing with no anthrax. That's my second pick. And by the way, I just want to state that when I when I when I picked this list, because I, I guarantee neither one of you have my third pick. Every alien invasion movie I picked out is a comedy. Every single one. Apparently, I'm a, and I think that's your life is a dark comedy. Yeah. But uh, when it turns oh my to God alien, is laughing. <laughs> but when it turns to alien invasion movies, the ones I like is the ones that too dark. Kind of, a little dark. <laughs> now I'm going to go cry. You know why? why? why that... here, here, let me make it even darker. He no, let, let, me, let me do the stuff. <laughs> and there's the stuff again for you people who don't watch the YouTube. He's doing the stuff face. <laughs> um, oh, Chad's life is dark comedy for oh no marshmallow cream. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually one of my least favorite Larry Cohen films. I don't James, care for go. It either. James, go. I, I gotta go get a diet coke. I so so you you gonna leave while I'm talking? No, I mean it's right oh. over here. Oh okay. I can hear you as I walk away. Okay, I mean you can go ahead. You don't have to wait till I start. So you could have already left. I wanted to wait till you started. Oh okay. Well. <laughs> I, I didn't know. I seriously did not know this when I picked it my second film. Uh, but it, too, has to do with Jack Arnold. And I didn't know that. So let me let me give you the background how I discovered this film. Because it was only about maybe two to three months ago that I discovered this film from 1957. And it's because of Sven Gulli. I'd never seen this film. And I was I, I couldn't sleep one night i don't know Spin who Ben i couldn't find a diet coke so i couldn't get you guys one <laughs> i think he may be misleading us I, huh. got, I got i got about a here i am it. here i am parched there's nothing for me to do i'm sorry if you guys only listen to us you and you don't watch the youtube version that's fine but you don't get to see james guzzle that swill that looks like herbert west's fluids Anyway, and he's talking um, about the piss, not the stuff in the needle. Fit, fit. <laughs> and the spoon. Take a trip <laughs> to the moon. <laughs> Finn Gooley, actually, so I saw this. If you're not familiar with Finn Gooley, look him up. Um, <laughs> well, they don't know who Finn Gooley is, but they may know Finn Gooley. Well, listen, here in Kentucky, we only have the Finn Gooley. I, you talk, brother. I'm sorry. He's the less attract. He's the, he's the unattractive Elvira. Yeah, he's a lot of hey. fun. He is hey, on me TV. Me Check TV. Out. Yeah, you need to anyway, check out Anyway, he I wish I watched more of it. Film, and again, I didn't know I was going to be doing two Jack Arnold films tonight. But I, I you thought come about, on and give your Arnold Palmer and get this thing. Done. I thought about this because I was like, oh, you know, it's a film not a lot of people know, not a lot of people may have seen it, and that's actually what he said when he introduced it. And I watched it, and it's not perfect it's not great but it definitely deals with the idea of these invasions that are an invasion going back to what joe talked about what happens if it's not like us what if it's just a cell what if it's just and it's got a terrible title and jack arnold didn't write it or didn't direct it he wrote it with robert m fresco who wrote tarantula which he had previously directed i don't know the background on this by jack arnold didn't direct it but it was directed instead by john sherwood uh, and, and John Sherwood is uh, nobody of import. No, John Sherwood died shortly after directing it. And so he directed a lot of other stuff, but I don't know how that came to be. But I'm talking about the monolith monster. Oh, my God. Did we get the title? I mean, here, eating Grippos. Keep going. 
the monolith monsters, I know you're eating beer pose. I can see you. That's how this works. <laughs> anyway. Um, Put it on silent. Unless some of our viewers want to do a Patreon where you listen to me chew. Let, let's point out the fact that case, he, literally, that. he literally spent three minutes saying, I'm going to get up when you start talking. I'm going to get up when you start talking. Then you started talking, and he literally took the time to look at the camera and go, one minute, and then got <laughs> Yeah. Like, what is he doing? Why did he tell us? Um, <laughs> but the monolith mon – have you all seen the monolith monsters? No. I oh. feel like I have never going to see it because this is never going to end because you haven't it's, even noticed the plot of the damn thing. It's about a meteorite that lands a on meteorite. Earth. meteorite. Meteorite, you see. Uh, no, it's this meteor lands on Earth in Southern California. And there's some creepy scenes in this film because what they find is they um, – the meteor is, is black stone and it flakes away. And it starts to, but they find this farm where everything is dead all of a sudden. And these media, the, the, these rocks are growing out of the ground. And what it boils down to, and this little girl finds a fragment and puts it in her pocket and kills her family because she picked up a rock on a field trip. And it's spreading and it's spreading and it's spreading. Why did you blow up that building? Because you made a phone call. <laughs> Thank you. Vintage Thank Will Smith, Gene Hackman. Thank you, enemy of, enema of the state. Uh, <laughs> But in, what ends up happening is it's a story. Why is Chad Finger fucking his ear? <laughs> I don't know. I was wondering, but I wasn't going to ask. Yeah, I'm, trying to I'm, I'm, I'm deep I'm, in I'm, your drum, buddy. I'm trying to take the pain away of hearing Joe talk. <laughs> Why me? He's the one that's going on. It basically is a story of human survival against this encroaching. It's not even necessarily, you don't know if it's a life form, but what it does is it, it built sucks silicon out of things to expand. So that I did, Joe mentioned it. Shut up, Chad. Uh, the it, Pam Anderson monster. I must expand these silicon valleys. Boingy, anyway. Boingy, boingy, boingy. The the uh, the so it's that's your boobs bouncing if you didn't know. It's this expanding thing, and what they discover is that it won't. Uh, it it sucks silicon out of anything in county, so it's sucking it out of the earth to expand and to grow, and it's heading toward the city. And of course, I know Chad, you're giggling like a schoolgirl. <laughs> you keep saying sucking. <laughs> Actually, I'm laughing at you talking about sucking silicone. Who knew well, silicone would come up this often on an alien invasion movie? <laughs> well, because it's, it's it's so it's a basically a silicon-based life form, as we mentioned earlier. But it humans do tra contain trace elements of silicon, so when it sucks it out of us, we lose our <laughs> flexibility, and we basically solidify. We start to turn to stone, more or less, and so that's how it's killing these Put people. Silicone on a windowsill and it got stonyish, but it's still yeah, free. It, it dries hard. It, I dry hard. <laughs> I've heard that, um, especially after socket. Anyway, without without giving away the ending, there's a very terrifying scene of what happens to this little girl, what happens to her family. It's a 1957 film, not a lot of people know about, and it's just this weird. It's not an invasion. There's no creatures. It's just what this one thing that came from space does to people as it expands outward. And of course, if it hits a major. Let me, let me make Chad giggle some more. If it hits a major vein, it's going to. Uh, okay, I got Joe too. If it hits a major, it, it's going to destroy. I mean, it's going to be able to spread throughout the planet. So it's just. So idea can it suck it out of that vein? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It would totally suck it out of. The it vein. would suck that. If it found, if it, if it found vein. a major silicone vein on our planet, it would it would amplify way quicker and it would take over the Earth quicker. 
Huh. And seriously, it, it sounds like a weird movie, but there's not it a It sounds like a porno is what it sounds like. It sounds like a that's good because, Saturday that's, night. Do I have to because, bring some sort of cash? That's because you all are perverts. But it's actually a very interesting film. Not a lot, a lot of people that. know about. And it's probably, for its time, maybe it is close to Annihilation. Because it's all about this idea of what happens as it comes and it spreads. And all it's trying to do is do what it does whether it's a life form expanding, whether you never know, but to do what it has to do, it's going to kill people. Well, yeah, that's how Pam Anderson made it into that barbed wire movie. If you've never seen Monolith Monsters, despite what these jerk faces are doing, you really should check it out. Sven Goodley introduced me to it. Again, it's not a flawless film. It doesn't have, no offense, Spencer's actors in it. They're not the best actors, but it's definitely an interesting idea of what an invasion will look like when it's not a creature we can kill. It's nothing. We have to find a way to isolate it. And that's what the movie's about. Okay, cool. All right, is it my turn again? I guess. Thank you, Chad, for giving me the nonverbal on a verbal show. All right, boys, mine was made in the last. There's several other movies I probably like more that are Alien Invasion, but damn, this one's pretty good. You guys ever see The World's End? Yeah, I'll mention right. I was going to write it up, but I figured James would bring it up, so I'm shocked that you did it. I love The World's End. I, As do I. It's actually my second favorite out of the Cor- Coronado, or Coronado trilogy, the yeah. ice cream that they have. Um, it's, you know, Shaun of the Dead, The World's End, and then... Hot Fuzz. Hot Fuzz, yeah. I couldn't remember this. <laughs> I like Hot Fuzz. Nick Frost, Simon Pegg, and they... Simon Pegg plays a... I'm hoping most of you guys have seen this, but he he plays basically a desperate man who's trying to relive his high school years, specifically one night where they tried to do what's called the world's end, which is the last bar on this list of a bar crawl, pub crawl, sorry, pub crawl. We would be over there in Britain. So on a pub crawl, and if you can make it to the world's end, then you can make it. And they tried to do this when they were young and in high school and they didn't quite make it. And he wants to relive that. He's now in his uh, – they're in their 40s, guys, early 40s? Yeah. Yeah. He's been 20-some years. Mm-hmm. They are either have kids, jobs, grown up, and he's the only one who has it out of them. And at the same time, they find out that people have been taken over in this town, and they're aliens, and that's the plot, right? Yeah. And it has a so-so kind of downer ending, but, I mean, it's also upbeat, but these people aren't coming back alive. A lot of people die in this movie. But as a middle-aged man, it says a lot. I don't – so I truly don't look back at high school and have any kind of, oh, my God, if I could relive that again. No. One thing that Chad, James, and I have in common, because believe it or not, we don't have – we have a lot in common, but we don't agree on everything. But we do agree. I on don't agree two with things. that. <laughs> there you go. We do agree on two things. Ghostbusters is amazing, mm-hmm. and high school is a piece of shit. Yep. All right. I have no desire to relive my childhood. I have no desire to go back to high school. None nope. of that. So it, I missed the point, but I did enjoy college. Now I don't know that I really want to go back to college. I've moved on. I don't think I have that. With it. it's literally called Arrested Development, right, guys? I'm just making sure I'm, I'm using the right term. I don't think I have that in the sense of I would like to relive this time in my life. 
I mean, if I could go back to college, maybe for a year, I don't know, I'd probably get pretty bored. But if I could go back to college for a year and have a little money and not have to go to class, I might enjoy that. But did you anyway? I mean, I went, I didn't buy a lot of books. No. I used a lot of your books. Yeah. So, I yeah, did okay, Chad. You've already done that. Go ahead. You can't <laughs> argue that I didn't do okay. Yeah. Considering Go ahead. I'm a terrible example to students. Mm-hmm. If they knew the truth. So, <laughs> I love this movie. I understand a little bit of Simon Pegg's pain. I think there's a movie that I, I get a little bit more of because I understand both characters and that is sideways but I the world's end is a no I just I identify with both of those characters and sideways I get it. Opposites yeah, yeah. and I identify with both of them I completely love understand movie. that yeah 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 my favorite of all of his films that is my favorite uh, anyway that's one of my personal favorite films it's right up there with as good as it gets like James Hardy mm-hmm. so <clears throat> as the world's end watch it it's a lot of fun it has a bond in it, Pierce Brosnan, and Bilbo. Pierce Brosnan is the teacher, remember? Oh, I forgot, man. I completely forgot. Yeah, Pierce Brosnan's in it. So, Timothy Dalton is in Hot Fuzz. They always yeah. try to get a bond. Yeah. Yeah. Edgar Wright is a fantastic filmmaker. I love all of his films except for one that everybody else loves. I still don't understand how you hate I Baby don't Driver. Get Scott, I can't. <laughs> Don't you don't you besmirch Baby Driver? I thought Baby Driver was amazing. I don't get Scott Pilgrim. I don't yeah, I, I, everybody in that movie sucks. I, it's it's a very well made movie. I just think all the characters are people I would never want to hang out with. No, yeah, no, they're yeah, no, they're not relate. I don't ever feel, none of them are relatable to me. Mm-mm. Yep, it's but a, I still enjoy it. Yeah, it's a beautifully well made film, but I wouldn't want to hang out with any of those people. So that's my third pick. I, I, yeah, I kind of wanted to do a little bit of a curveball. There's a ton of others we can talk about in a minute. I, we got to actually, we probably don't need to talk about all ton of them, but I have an honorable mention or two, but I really enjoy the world too, because it's not really about alien invasion as much as it is about friendship. And I've been with my friends for a long time and that's important. Yeah. It's Will we ever get to meet them? can hold you back and sometimes they can help you grow. Sorry. You I don't think James, I had to James say something in- poignant. And well, no, James, James made a comment and you didn't hear it. Well, I don't think it's important. <laughs> Nobody said it was important. <laughs> yeah, Joe, you know, it's, it's kind of funny. Um, when I talk about my third pick of how our, our, all three of our picks have been kind of synced. Um, so mine is, is probably in and terms of... And we didn't of, talk about any of this before the show. No. But we've been um, doing this a long time too. And my third pick is, is very obscure. And I could have listed... Um, I was actually going to list the world's end as my third pick, but I figured one of you two would do it. And then there was another one I was going to list, but I'm like, no, I want to talk about this one because this is probably James mentioned the monolith monsters. I think this is maybe more, more obscure than the monolith monsters. Um, 2012's grabbers written by John Wright. I've never seen it. Uh, directed by John Wright, written by Kevin Lahan. Um, there's no big actors in it, so I'm just not going to list them. They're all. Uh, this is an Irish. This is an Irish movie. It's from Ireland. Um, this, that would this, be what an Irish movie means. Yes, I know. As soon as Ireland. it came out of my mouth, James, I felt like an idiot. Neil McDonough wrote it, so fuck you. <laughs> oh, <laughs> right? Isn't that the Irish writer? Yeah, it, oh, it's it. And uh, just like my previous two picks, it's another comedy. Uh, Blood sucking aliens invade out of ireland 
um, in Ireland. And it takes a brave group of heroes to figure out how to survive the grisly onslaught. Is this the, the solution? Police? Huh? Does it have the police in it? I think I did see it. There are police in it, yes. Yes, yes. Uh, the solution is getting drunk off their asses. No, I haven't saw it. And that's the whole part of the movie is there's these, these horrible tentacle-like aliens that have crashed on Earth. And they are just killing people left and right in the most horrific way. And then these group of people at a bar determine that if they keep drinking and don't stop, these aliens will not kill them. <laughs> oh, I need to watch this. I, it seems like I have watched it, but I, if I is it that? I don't remember being that good. If it is, it's. I've I found it entertaining. Like it's one of those movies that I couldn't stop watching. I think you know, it was where, just. Where, is it on Amazon there? Prime? It was on Amazon Prime. Um, it may no longer be because this was this was years ago when I when I found it. Um, this, but uh, as they get progressively drunker, the humor just keeps escalating and escalating and escalating. And and of course, it's Ireland slash you know that area, so the c word is used a lot as they get drunker. <laughs> Acne. Yeah, <laughs> that's the c uh, word he's talking about. Yes, um, but if you haven't seen it it's one of these obscure movies that came out in the last 10 years that people just kind of didn't know it existed because of the fact that rental stores or the DVD stores are gone. I, I found it. I tripped on it on Amazon prime. When after I watched a movie, it was like, dairy by the deep. way, he found it and then tripped on it. <laughs> he took just, just like acid. he did. Yeah. Just like he did on all those drugs. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when you watch a movie, Amazon on Amazon prime, it will list some, and uh, the Amazon prime recommendations are obscure. I, I had one, one fun night of watching a movie and then sending Joe and James pictures of the movies that I was recommending. I watched like uh, I was a teenage wear skunk and the thingy about a killer placenta. Oh, I wrote, I wrote a sketch for when we were in college and I never got to do it called the thingy from thingy. Yeah, I remember. I never got to do it. I never got to do it. You go, whack. That was it. Yep. <laughs> remember, when we, remember when we used to write sketches and then nobody wanted to hear them? That was oh, you remember that time Carl Gottlieb uh, gave a shit for not writing better sketches, Chad? Yeah. It was last week. Yep. <laughs> last Friday. Sorry, James. You missed out on that one. Yeah, life happens. He's like, but, yep. Get better, boys. No, work harder, boys. I don't work harder, boys. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, just tough but fair. Uh, grabbers, if you haven't seen it, check it out. It's a great movie. James, what's your third? You know, for my third, I thought I would uh, take some you slow myself down. No, I'm never going to just say it. I, I like to build up. I like to. I like to keep people on their toes. But Joe, what's you your like favorite? to meander? Uh, sort of. I mean. Um, I know, you, I, I know you like certain films. <laughs> um, uh, that was worse than my, that was worse than the way I went into Slithers, James. What's, I went, I'm, Slithers? What's, Slithers, <laughs> yeah. That's Slithers. the way he went into Sliver. Why don't we get what, a sequel? Stone has bitched about it forever. What's, what's your favorite type of planet, Joe? Terrestrial. So you don't so you don't like planets you're not supposed to go to planets that are perhaps forbidden. Um, uh, I'm not uh, I'm not doing forbidden planet. Oh. I'm not. But I forbid told the story today about forbidden planet and Bill Malone. For forbidden planet was uh, was written by. Do you know the writer for forbidden planet? 
<laughs> yeah, Shakespeare, because it's a temp Tempest, but keep going. Okay, who adapted it? <laughs> I don't remember. Irving Block. Irving okay. Block adapted I it. I didn't remember, James. I'm he sorry. had a hard time writing. Irving, Irving Block. <laughs> I shouldn't have laughed. Oh, my God. Actually, by the way, it's it, it was Irving Block's first film that was made off something he wrote was Forbidden Planet. The next year, two films came out. One of them is the saga of the Viking women and their voyage through the waters of the Great Sea Serpent, which has been riffed by Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I recommend you check that out. That's a good title. But the other one is another science fiction film called Kronos. Kronos, I've heard of it. Kronos is also notable because, speaking of Mystery Science Theater 3000, if you've ever seen Mystery Science Theater 3000, they mock a film, which is also a science fiction classic in its own right, called This Island Earth. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, oh, there's a there's a famous musical that I that's called This uh, Island Something, and I always every time I hear it, I always call it This Island Earth and Chris. Oh Earth. no, that's uh, my my daughter's been in that our musical, island something. My island, yeah. Um, what's on this it, island? What's on this island? I always call This Island Earth. Anyway, that movie starred Jeff Morrow. I just wanted to point both of those out because Jeff Morrow is the star of Kronos. Irving Block wrote Kronos, and it came out a year after This Island Earth. Now, Kronos is not as famous uh, a year after Forbidden Planet. Kronos is not as famous as Forbidden Planet, but it keeps building up fandom. It's got now considered a cult classic. And if you've never seen it, it again falls into that thing Joe talked about. It's about the, the, these aliens are out in space, which is where aliens should be. And they fire something at Earth. Yeah. And it's an energy force. Well, the energy force, this guy's driving that movie, energy force. This guy is driving down his road in a pickup truck. The the energy hits in front of him and basically takes him over. So it's using him as a meat suit, for lack of a better term. It makes him drive to this uh this lab where there's where there's power and it transfers to the scientist that's working in the lab, and then it has control of him. And what this is, again, it goes into what Joe talked about there at the uh, beginning. It has came because they need power. They can't, the stuff <laughs> they can't get back. They're stuck in space, and this is their only chance to get power back. And it is a very early, so 1957, one year after Forbidden Planet, and it's a very early commentary on overusing, over-relying on our resources, doing things like that. It was ahead of its time, and of course the scientist is controlling as it tries to uh, do other things. Of course, what does the military want to do? Blow we'll it stop. up. We'll stop it. We'll drop an A-bomb on it. Well, what is, if it's absorbing energy, what is it going to do that A-bomb? And the scientist manages to fight back and try to get control of himself. He finally locks himself into a room and smashes the panel that, so it can't transfer the electric out through the electric door panel. And that's not how the movie ends. They, have to figure out if it's contained but they can't they have to figure out a way to actually stop this energy force and it is it's a movie that quite frankly um it was ahead of its time it's about over reliance on our resources and yes it does use the idea of aliens coming to get them but the aliens don't actually come they send something to get it for them because they can't survive on our planet but they know energy will pass through our atmosphere because of lightning and stuff like that ahead of its time looks at what all this means uh, again, Jeff Morrow is the major cast member because he was in This Island Earth and then later on, obviously, in this and a couple other things. But if you've never seen Kronos, uh, it's, another, it's another 1950s uh, sci-fi alien invasion type film 
that actually has a lot of commentary that as dated as the effects are, same thing with monolith, same or monolith monsters, same thing with everyone I've talked about, but it probably is one you can go back to and play around with and get more out of. And if you like Forbidden Planet, it's the same author. Uh, now, again, it's the same author that also wrote, you know, the Sea Serpent Viking thing. But James, it had a yeah. great theme song. Do you remember the theme song to Kronos? Oh, it went gonna... a little like this. Jeff Morrow, Jeff Morrow, Jeff Morrow. I walked into that. Uh, only oh. Jeff Morrow. To... Oh, you know, me and James have said a lot of shit today. You don't have any more room to fucking talk. You just oh, by the way, that, the, the female, the female. Jeff uh, Morrow, I stand by Jeff Morrow. The female uh, actress, uh, which is what a female actress <laughs> was. A female uh, actress. Was Barbara Redundant. Lawrence. Redundant. Redundant. Was Barbara Lawrence. So, oh. Uh, if, you don't know who, if you don't know who Barbara Lawrence is, uh, yeah, she, she did a lot of, she she was in Joe's favorite musical. I don't have a favorite. Uh, what was it? Oklahoma. Oklahoma. Okay. Where the wind goes whistling. I actually have never seen Oklahoma. Neither have I, and I'm not going to. Well, you never know. It's, I mean, nope. I, listen, buddy. I've read God's screenplay about that dark comedy. There's well, some twists and turns. <laughs> you you might know her from an Orson Welles movie, Joe. Uh, which one? Man in the Shadow. She's a female cast member, and she's the main female in Man in the Shadow. Oh, okay. Orson Welles. All right, gentlemen. Honorable pick. Who wants to go? What's the one you really wanted to put on there? Uh, so the one I struggled with, uh, there are two quick, uh, the, the two quick ones that I wasn't going to, that I was Critters and Space Invaders. I talked about Space Invaders on a previous episode, so I didn't do that this one. Uh, but the one that I, I struggled with not mentioning, you mentioned at the beginning, They Live. Yeah, They Live is a really good alien invasion film that's once again representation of its time. It was all about com- Carpenter commentary on Reaganomics. Yeah. And, uh, and no one got it. There was no one, one movie, and they pulled it from the actually pulled it two weeks into. And he was uh, uh, the quote. I need to find the exact quote, but he says that he is still to this day flabbergasted at that start at that premiering at number one. That John like, Carpenter was. Yeah, John Carpenter can't figure out that can't is just mesmerized by the fact that that he didn't think it would. Yeah, and they pulled it. <clears throat> that was his second on his uh, two, uh, three. He had a three-picture deal with a live film. The first one was Prince of Darkness. And by the way, Prince of Darkness is another underrated John Carpenter. It is. I, those, those, those movies, they, they're low budget. He got his, the shit kicked out of him after Big Trouble in Little China, which is a huge flop, and he went back to low-budget roots. And those both films have strong voices. There's yeah. something going on there. They're different. All right, James, yeah. what's your on? Go ahead. No, I was just going to say that the whole the whole scene, the line I have come here to chew bubble gum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubble gum. Um, that's all Roddy Piper. It was actually a line like he sit with John Carpenter, and he had like a whole bunch of lines that he was going to use during wrestling, mm-hmm. and this was one of them. And John Carpenter's thought it worked perfect. Yeah, it did. And Roddy Roddy Piper got kicked out of WWF for making this movie. I didn't know he got kicked out for it. Uh, Vince McMahon, you know, he's uh, he's he had to have control of everything, and and Vince McMahon didn't want him to do this. He goes, "Don't do this movie. I'll get you another movie," or he, I think he said, "I'll get you two movies." And Roddy Piper refused, and Vince McMahon ended the contract. Yeah, that sounds like Vince McMahon. So James, James or me, go ahead, James. Either doesn't matter. James, it uh, doesn't matter. All right, if James isn't talking, um, 
the thing, I mean, I tell you, there, that's a good one because it, it kind of. I'm surprised you didn't bring up the thing. It's your, one of your favorite movies. Well, we talk about it all the time. Yeah, we do. I, I didn't want to talk about three things, three things that we talk about all the time because, and it's also the thing from another world real quick, which is the movie it was based on, which we could go into, which is also another good alien invasion film, by the way. It's really mm -hmm. good. The issue is, is that it kind of pales with the remake and some people forget about it. I think they forget about that more than they do invasion of the body snatchers. People, I, they don't, don't yeah, it's, I think film geeks prefer 78, but I think that the mass audience in general remembers Kevin McCarthy and the black and white invasion of the body. Yes. When they do Kaufman's, even though it's a success and it's a superior film, they're both great films. Mm -hmm. Um, and that, that movie was basically based on the novella who goes there and they found out, and I don't know if you guys know this or not. So they found the extended version of the novella and they may be released. They're going to release that into as a novel. And they may be, that's where the uh, sequel is going to come from that. He just, oh, signed the thing? The yeah, the thing. Yeah. I don't, I doubt that Carpenter directs it. I was hoping that he'd get behind the camera again, but I doubt that he will. Uh, yeah. I think he'll just sit there and sign checks and take them into his hand, but. No resurrect James. But Bloomhouse, Bloomhouse is wanting to do it. So we'll see. It couldn't be any worse than the damned prequel, Ugh. which is a really good idea and has good ideas in it. It's just not very well executed. And it's, it's not a good movie. It has about 30 minutes of goodness in it. All right. Mine? You want me yep. to go? Because I got three. I'm going to do them real quick. The Blob. You got to mention The Blob. I don't have to. Well, you should. It's Steve McQueen. I, I actually, that's another one. I prefer the 80s better. version. Yeah. And then technically in the 80s version, it's not from outer space. No, that's why I said the you, Steve McQueen's blob. Because it's not. You're right. It's uh, that's Steve another McQueen's, one where the remake's better. Steve McQueen's is an alien. The remake is not, though. So I wanted to give credit to the original. Uh, but the, the blob is fun. You are right, James. You yes, it is fun. Better. Quartermass 2 and 3, which yeah. Quartermass in the Pit being part 3. Those are early invasion films. You should check yeah. those out. Um, and then I, I'm shocked nobody brought it up. I didn't touch it because I thought somebody would. District 9. There you go. My 3. I tell you, District Honorable 9 is a gut punch movie. And see, here's, why, here's the problem I have with District 9. It's not technically an invasion film. They just had nowhere to go. It's, yeah, it's, it's more of an alien... Or a pass to me it's a passive invasion film they it's not malicious but it's an invasion there and and it also is they are treated horribly it's not a successful invasion it's passive but they i mean you can even take it on the microcosm scale they take him over so let me ask you a question why have his other films not lived up to district nine because District ah. 9, probably, actually, that's another movie I don't hear anybody talking about anymore. I don't know mm -hmm. why. Because it's fucking fantastic. Chappie has fantastic scenes in it. Overall, you know, maybe it's movie. Maybe I think the reason District 9 works and, and why it so, connects so many people is whatever villain, if whatever side you want to take in District 9, you can. If you yeah. want to, I mean, I hate to say this, that sounds terrible. But if you want to be anti-refugee, and I'm, I tend not to be, I tend to think, hey, we probably should help people if we can. But you can watch District 9, and I know, I've heard people actually say this. They're like, well, see, look, look how they're living, and we're supposed yep. to bring them up from that. 
And how is he living by the end of that when he is part of them? You know, he's so Bond. Yeah, yeah. I can't and, remember so, their names. They're they're yeah, but that's that's what they're called. Derogatory term is called prawns. Yeah, and so I, I think there's something to be said there. I think it's that first film, and and I know his intent was you're supposed to have sympathy, but I think there was something Neil about Blumkamp. where sorry I couldn't yeah. think of Neil Bloomkamp's name. But I think, you know, there's enough tension, there's enough suspicion, there's enough doubt, there's enough. So however you want to view that film, you can. I don't think you can say that for Chappie. Yeah. All right, I mean, that's my that's my knee jerk reaction. But I, I had to bring up Quartermass. I had to bring up District Nine. I had to bring up the Blob. No, I could do a whole other movie. I and then actually I could do. I wouldn't mind doing an episode where we argued about this. Really ain't a, uh, a really not an alien invasion movie. How about Village of the Damned? Speaking of ones we could argue. Well, yeah, that is, yeah. My knee-jerk reaction was was thinking about Alien and Aliens, and those aren't really Alien Invasion films either. No if one's we stayed at the house, we can get in that's, trouble. That's, that's, listen, listen, Ripley, nothing good happens after 10 p.m. in space. You, if you go out in space after 10 p.m., you've had it. Or not, but Alien Resurrection is. Alien Resurrection could be. Mm-hmm. And ends as they're going into the biosphere, right? Right. So that was the original what Jay, um, I think that's what Cameron wanted to do with if they did another one after Aliens, is, you know, is to get back to the planet. But anyway, thank you guys so much. Are we rapping? We good? Wiki, wiki, yo, yo. Uh, I, I knew he was going to do it. I'm just going to end it with the stuff. And with that, thank you for watching. Please tune in and share. Uh-huh. <laughs>